You are welcome to the Nigerian Filmmaker, a podcast about Nigerian filmmakers, their films, and how we can build a diverse and functional industry. I'm your host, Selegot. On this episode, my guest is Jimmy Madamina. She's the director, producer, and co-founder of Neptune 3 Studios. We talk about how she started the studio with her sisters, creating the hit young adult show, Best Friends in the World, and about how she has evolved over the years. If you're a new listener, you're welcome and I hope you enjoy. So, hi, Jimima, you're welcome to the Niger Filmmaker. Hi, thank you for having me here. Okay, can you introduce yourself? Yes, uh, my name is Jemima Demina. I'm a producer, director, and filmmaker. I'm also the founder, co founder of Nothing Three Studios and part of the Triple J Plus. <laughs> okay. So yeah, how did you get started? Like, I guess um, the band came first, Triple J Plus. Yes, it was Triple J Plus first. Uh, we started about 12 years ago. Um, we were just doing music then. And um, we took a break to go to school, to go to university. We all went, or both of us, Jesse and I, went to Full Sail University in Florida. Yeah. So we got our um, bachelor's and master's respectively. And then we came back um, to Nigeria and started making films, basically. So what we did with uh, Triple J Plus as well was make music for Neptune um, 3 Studios, which is what we've been doing. But um, we're considering going back to um, making music for Triple J Plus, um, hopefully this year. When you're in the band, like, were you guys playing any instruments? Are you making the beats for your music? No, no, uh, we just, uh, well, Jesse does the writing and then we just um, go into the studio. We have a producer who works with us and uh, just make the songs, yeah. Okay. And um, I see that you studied film at university. Yes. At what point, like, yeah, were you sold on the idea that you wanted to do film? Okay, Um. so from then I was... Or when I knew myself, basically, um, my parents introduced us to entertainment at an early age. Yeah. Um, just because at that time we used to watch Disney Channel and uh, Nickelodeon cartoon. And I realized then that there wasn't any, like, Nigerian version of those kind of shows. Yeah. It used to just be the um, family shows like Papa Jasko and stuff that I used to show on TV. And then more matured shows. Um, but there wasn't really anything our age that was from Nigeria or of Nigerian origin. So I think that's what kind of piqued my interest. And I used to like kind of make home videos and then edit them and do like a premiere with everyone and just kind of show them what I had done. And then I think my parents picked up on that and saw that I had a flair for film and they encouraged me to actually study that as a um, professional, as a career. And um, yeah, that's basically how it started. And when I went to India, I did a short course in editing. And as while I was there, I discovered Full Sail University. So I went there, did my bachelor's and my master's, and then I came back. Yeah, so that was basically how it started. Okay. When you got back to Nigeria, how was how was it? Yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, I remember I got back. Um, and there wasn't anything available actually. I remember I wrote um, a few emails to a few um, studios and a few directors at that time as well. But I never heard back from any of them. 
And that's kind of discouraging a bit. And so while I was waiting, because uh, that time I was working for my dad, um, when I was meeting, I remember complaining to my mom about not receiving anything, um, because that time I knew Lagos was the place where everything entertainment happened, and, you know. So she said, you know, instead of feeling discouraged, you went to a school that literally teaches you from beginning to the end how to make a film, produce it, you know, pub basically publish it as well. Why not do something for yourself? And he struck me and I was like, yeah, I can do that. You know? And so we got together, my sister wrote a script, which was a short film. And we just looked up like a free, um, like a free website where we can post them. And that's how we discovered YouTube. And so once that was done with a few close friends and like a little help here and there, we put it up on YouTube and the rest is history. <laughs> You know, you, you started Neptune Tree Studios. Um, where do you get the name from? Um, yeah, um, well, I remember we were discussing, well, my sister and I were discussing with my mom and just kind of trying to see um, possible names because I remember telling them that I wanted to um, open a filmmaking company where I would be making my films. And my sister was like, oh, yeah, and I could be writing for the company as well. And we're like, yeah, that's a great idea. So what name can we use? And then I remember saying that all I know is that the projects I want to make, I want them to be out of this world. So it's like, how about a name that's like, not like a planet that's not in the, on Earth? And that's how we started like talking about planets. And then that's how we came up with Neptune, because we're like, oh, it's, it's a really big um, planet. It's bigger than Earth. Yeah. And so we just kind of like that. And then we're like, oh, there's three of us being John and Jesse. So that's an Neptune three. And then studios, and they're like, oh my god, that's a great idea. And that's how the T3 Studios was born. And, yeah. Okay. And, you know, how has it been, you know, working with your sisters? Um, it's actually been great. I mean, it doesn't come without its problems and arguments and anything, but I don't think there's anybody I would have um, done so well working with. Um, like when I think about it, I feel like my sisters are most, we're all very similar in thinking and with our ideas. So it has been really easy to work together because you'll see one thing and everybody just gets it immediately. And then most times I don't even have any um, discord or any disagreements. It's more or less like it's easily resolved because I mean, there will always be bound to be issues. But we resolve them really quick because we all have the same um, goal in mind. Okay. So um, your web series, um, Best Friends in the World, um, you are primarily the producer, director. Yeah. How, how was that? You know, because you guys um, started this in Uyo. Um, was there an existing industry, you know, were there a lot of actors, young actors to work with? Like how, how did you navigate that first season, you know, trying to make the film? Um, yeah, um, so basically when we started, there was, we didn't know any actors, um, so we put up like an audition in Europe for actors age, you know, the age range, and we had a few people respond, so um, we got like, we did rehearsals, a few rehearsals on the day of shoes, a few of them bailed, um, well, the main actor who was supposed to play Olive, she didn't show up, her understudy didn't show up either. Mm. 
And I remember we just sat there wondering what we we're going to do because it's like everybody else was there. We had you know, all the equipment we needed and we didn't have a main character. So while we're sitting there and just, you know, thinking about what to do, I called my mom and I told her what was going on. And she said, oh, well, Jared is there. Doesn't Jared know the lines? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. She does know the lines because she was helping the actors rehearse and learn the lines. So I guess she kind of picked the lines up as well, so she knew them. And so we're like, yeah, that's a great idea. Okay, Jarrell, could you help us, you know, bring us out this time and be on it? And she was like, okay, yes. <laughs> and so that's how that worked. Um, it's kind of hard finding good actors within that age range in you because it was not really entertainment heavy. Yeah. So um, we just, you basically used people who were willing at that time to, you know, show up and help us. And that's how New World came up. Um, so we shot that, and then um, that blew up, and people were requesting for New Girl to become a series. And so we, I, I don't, I don't really think we ever really sat to think about the impact of working series or how that would be for us as a small startup studio. Yeah, um, we're just excited that people were responding positively. We're like, yeah, sure, let's do this, make a series, and then. Um, Best Friends in the World came. That's how New Girl turned into Best Friends in the World. And we had um, the 24 episodes. And I think it was when we got to like the 15th episode, we realized what we had gotten ourselves into because it seemed like it had become bigger than we had anticipated in every way. Yeah. Um, Cast wise, audience wise, reach wise, basically in every area. So we just. Um, it was not going faster than we had planned, and it was just so, it was so heavy. And we had to like navigate real quick. We had to be spontaneous in fixing the troubleshooting. We had to like think fast, um, whenever there was an issue or anything like that. But um, yeah, the response is actually what kept us throughout that first season, like the love and the positive feedback we got from people. And as much as I know the acting wasn't great at all, but like the. It was just that low. And until now, we just keep wondering why it did so well and like why people love it so much. And I feel like it might just be because it's very authentic, it's very real, you know, in a sense, and it's very, very relatable. So I feel like that's why um, it did so well and people really loved it. So, but yeah, um, we're hoping, you know, going forward, uh, it is um, the team, it, it is teenagers where. Uh, I'm hoping to work with it's team it's to reach teenagers basically create content for people within that age gap where it's they're easily overlooked um yeah. because nowadays like most of the films in cinemas and you know it's always like adults relationships it's always like about marriage dating you know basically adult situations there's yeah. nothing that has really addressed the teenage um sector and i feel like that's something we picked up and we're hoping to do for the next few years, just create content for that age, age range. Because I know there are some really good actors within that age range. Um, and basically introduce new faces as well, because that's something that's really our goal, is to bring up new talents and new faces. You know, so it's like shining lights on the fact that even though we're young, we can, we can do what the adults are doing, basically, or even better. So that's kind of like the whole thing with... Um, Okay, so like, um, you know, when you made the short film, um, did you guys just post it on YouTube? Like, how 
how did you get you know people to watch it like what what other things did you do to build that audience um so um youtube was just a free platform that we knew and you could put up your content for people to watch and that's basically what we did we created the channel put it up on youtube and we just started like sharing it on facebook and i guess the actors on the show also put it up on their own facebook sharing it. and it was really facebook we were using that time so we would be reposting the link you talking about it we'll take like snapshots on the film and put it up on, on facebook and say you know you guys go watch and I know that that's just how it just went because I knew it was like a week after and we saw like a thousand views and we're like, what's, well, what's going on? How is it? I mean, I know we we're watching it a lot, but like, how is it going so fast? And then the next week we saw 10,000 and it was literally skipping like that in tens and tens and tens till I remember seeing 100,000 views and freaking out because I didn't expect it to go that far. I didn't expect it to even... even the 10,000 we saw was like, okay, if we have this 10,000, we're good. Like, even if this is where it stops, we are okay. And to see 100,000, 200, 500, 1 million, like, it just blew way beyond, like, till now I can't even explain how it happened or, you know, but um, I just feel grateful because I know ever since then, everything, every episode has been a hit. Like, I don't think there's anyone that, um, it, they would usually just pick up within the next 24 hours as soon as we put it out. Yeah. It'll just go like that. And honestly, we didn't even we didn't even know there was anything like ads or um, any of those sponsored things that you do on YouTube. Even so now we don't even use any of those um resources. We literally just upload it on YouTube, post it on Facebook and at Instagram and that's it. Like we just let the fans do their thing basically. Um but yeah, that's that's how it worked. Yeah, and um four or five years after I started, you guys have one point more than one point two million subscribers and more than 175 million views how do you feel mm -hmm. like looking at those numbers um is that pressure to be honest i don't think it has really done on me just because i've been head deep just working and working um putting out episodes because after shooting it i have to edit it upload it you know put it out there and well that's premiering i'm already working on the next episode so I don't think I've ever really had time to sit and kind of just assimilate and understand what we've done for the past four years. Um, just because I feel like we've been on super fast, like, like you know, super speed, like just going. And I feel like it's even this year, we're kind of like settling to just see like, oh my God, you guys, this is what we've done. Like, do you know what we've done? You know, it's now it's kind of dawning on me. Like, oh my God, this is what we've done. This is how far we've gone. And, you know, it's just like, wow, it's just crazy. Okay. Um, and, you know, for your audience, like, where are the top, like, five locations where your, where people watch your, um, your web series from? Oh, um, I think it's Nigeria. Last I checked, it was Nigeria, Ghana, Kenya, the United States, and the United Kingdom. I think that's where we get, like, our five. Um, those are like our five top countries. Um, yeah. You guys, um, because of your subscriber count and all that, like uh, you guys got um, a special plaque from YouTube. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The buttons, yes. The buttons, yes. So, um, or when we hit 100,000, we got the silver button. And then uh, when we hit 1 million, we got the gold button as well. Yeah. Yeah, so we've had two um, buttons from YouTube so far. Okay. 
So like um so far from what you guys have been able to do at um Neptune Free Studios, like has it had the knock on effect on your careers? Like are you getting more attention, more sponsorship, that kind of stuff? Um when we were doing production and releasing, um, we didn't really have the opportunity to really put ourselves out there in the sense of um sponsorship and just letting people know that oh because I know when I came to Lagos um, last year, towards the end of the year, um, I remember meeting a few people in the industry and they were kind of surprised that we're actually in Nigeria, that Best Friends was done in Nigeria and we were Nigerians. Because for the life of me, I don't know why, but um, a lot of people think we're in Kenya or like South Africans or like basically from other African countries. Yeah. And it just made me realize that, yeah. And I remember someone saying that that's why people probably haven't offered us stuff because um, they don't know we're in, within Nigeria. And um, because basically we haven't even done any, um, you know, promo or even put ourselves out there to say, okay, you know, we're meeting and stuff. Um, but that's something we're looking into this year, just kind of like, you know, going around and saying, okay, you know, this is what we have, this is what we've done, um, you know. But most times when people meet us and they realize, oh, we're the ones doing best friends in the world, that's when it's like, oh, my God, you guys are great, and you guys are actually Nigerians, you know, that's like, so I think I've kind of like gotten used to the shock from people that, oh, we're actually in Nigeria. And um, so we're working on actually um, getting sponsorships for like other stuff that we're doing or even putting that terms on other platforms apart from YouTube. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll say that when yeah. I started watching Best Friends, like because of the uniform in the series, I thought maybe you guys were in Ghana or something. But I got eventually <laughs> caught up with the fact that, yeah, you guys were in Aquai Bomb. Yeah. 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 All right. So, like, you know, as a young young um, lady, you know, trying to make her way in the film industry, um, what are some of those um, challenges that you have kind of had to deal with? Um, honestly, I would say establishing my authority, to be honest. Um, I remember when we were doing um, senior year, when we started senior year, and I tried to get a bigger crew just to kind of um, re reduce the workload that we had because I knew that senior year was bigger than um, season one and I wanted to just kind of like take some pressure off myself just so I could focus more on the thing. And I remember I had a few crew, other crew members and um, a cinematographer here and there, lighting guy and stuff like that. And I remember a, a situation where um, we were on set and I, I was there and I gave like an instruction but the other the crew the new crew I hired did not respond and I, I was at first I thought they'd not hear me but then the cinematographer guy who I um, hired then said oh yes all right let's let's do this and let's get to work and stuff and they responded and I realized that will be they kept speaking to him with disrespect like the respect of like oh, okay this is the cinematographer but like when it came to me, they wouldn't even like answer and stuff like that. And I had to fire all of them because I'm like, if you do not understand that I am your boss in this setting, and if you cannot deal with having a woman as your boss, then I don't think this is the right um, um, this is the right um, production for you, you know, that kind of thing. So it kind of hurts. 
that um, this is not like we we're starting out. This is something I have done for the like I had done twenty four times, you know, and to still have to prove myself to people that okay, I, I know what I'm doing. Basically, this show is already a success, you know, and it's like even with that, it was hard to kind of establish like that, um, you know, as look at what I'm doing and I'm in charge. And so I found that that I had to always re reestablish myself as look, I'm the one in charge here. And I, I realized that because when it's like, guys, they don't have to do that. Like, once they just say, okay, directors here, everyone shakes and it's like, oh, yeah, the respect is there. But once they see a lady, they just feel, oh, yeah, it's a woman. You can, you can just do her and her and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, over time, um, it kind of got better. But then it's like, at the same time, it's like, it's kind of upsetting having to prove yourself over and over and over um, that you do know what you're doing and it's not like a one-time hit wonder, like one-time success thing. Like it's something you've done over and over and over. Um, but like, I feel like that's the most um, challenging thing that's, that's happening still because it still happens. But that's the most challenging thing that's happened um, for me in this field um, since I became a director. Um, but yeah, apart from that, honestly, um, the other things will not even be anything um, regarding myself in terms of like funding and like basically being able to get sponsorships and stuff. But um, directly, the thing that's affected me um, is establishing that professionalism where it's like, look, you know, I know what I'm doing, you know, and then. But yeah, um, it's something I battle with and I'm mean, kind of like, finding better ways to handle it as well yeah okay so i mean you're the you're the eldest of three sisters um for you when you started this like um and considering where you've where you've reached now at this stage of your career like um did you struggle with you know being a leader or you know um you know taking control of the production and you know making things, um, you know, progress according to plan. How, how much have you changed in that period of time? Um, <laughs> between um, when we started and now, I have changed a lot. I've grown, matured, I've learned a lot of lessons. Um, in regards to being the leader and um, being the firstborn, um, the way I have a relationship with my sisters is... We just have this bond and where, where it's like you don't have to always like we're basically sisters and friends at this point yeah. so um it's just been like very almost just together in a sense of oh you guys what do you think you know we're always sharing opinions we respect each other's opinions and stuff like that um but when i started directing or when we started best friends i realized that um i couldn't treat the actors and the people instead the way i treat my sister because they're not i have to like learn that these people are not your family mm. they're just we're just here to work and this is a professional setting you know because i did find myself a couple of times um deferring and giving them that the treat kind of treatment i give my younger sisters in the sense of like okay these are my juniors you know and we treat them like my younger siblings. But then I found that that's when a lot of the disrespect really showed up. And then I realized that I had to put that side of myself. I had to learn how to separate 
um, my personal life from the professional um, in the sense that when I'm on set or on set, let's be professional. You know, we do the work we came here to do and we leave. And then when we get off set, it's not like, oh, hey, sisters and stuff like that. Even with Jaro, even when we came to directing her, I couldn't really treat her like, oh, this is my younger sister, you know, I had to be firm. The same way I handle the other actors. And if anything, I feel like I can handle her strongly or stronger than I did the other actors because I was like, had this, um, I, I would tell her, you know, I'm expecting this perfection from you because, you know, it's you, you're the main lady and stuff. And the sister who probably never came to play, but um, I realized that my personality also had a, what I say, an upgrade in a sense that I'm a very calm and, you know, quiet person. I don't really like to shout or yell. If I'm upset, I don't really um, go off on people. I'll just stay quiet and then when the anger is going on, I'll like speak. But it's something I realized in production that I cannot be like that because when you're on set and you're the director, you have to know what you want. You have to say what you want. And so it's just a few things that I had to learn really quick in the time of um, being like directing and working with other people um, and also learning how to differentiate um, between sets, family and your actual family and just knowing, like basically creating boundaries. That's something I really learned um, during the time that um, doing normal shooting best friends because that was the first like I say professional set I've been on where I was in charge I have been on other professional sets before but I was just like one of the crew members but this one now it's like your production you're in charge everything that happens is on something that I really had to uh, mature really quickly and um, learn how to handle this kind of situations yeah I mean you you pretty much you know started with your own productions when you ended up going on other people's sets, like how different was the way things were run? Was there much difference? Um, okay, yeah. Uh, when I graduated from college, because um, the way my school works, so once you graduate, they give you like a one-year um, opportunity to work on other like sets in your production. So you kind of know whether you want to be a director, a producer, a writing guy, a gaffer, you know, basically art direction, you know, you kind of know what department you want to do. So I was privileged to work on um, the set of Ride Along, part mm -hmm. two, um, nice. the Kevin Hart's Ice Cube film. Yeah. And yes, I worked with the BTS department. And of course, that's like a really huge production and everything was professional and we had everyone, you know, security and everything was just way, way bigger. And this was even before Best Friends in the World. Yeah. So when I started best friends i came with that mindset of like okay professional production this is how things are supposed to be and stuff but then i realized that it cannot really be exactly like that because that's the us this is nigeria and there are certain things that will not work here the way they will work in the us there are certain things that they do there that don't fly here and you have to find like a modified version of that to you know have that done here but I did try to make my set as professional as possible. I did try to not waste time, not waste resources and stuff like that. So there's things I learned from there that I was able to apply here. But there's so much, there was so much lacking in this on this my sets that I felt like, okay, obviously if I had a bigger budget and stuff like that, then it wouldn't be like this. So I knew it wasn't like from a thing of where it's like a poor, um, poor management, more or less like lack of funds. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's more or less like I feel like when our sets are bigger, when we have like bigger sponsorship, when we have like bigger productions, that's when I'll probably be able to tell exactly what the difference is. 
in terms of, okay, now you have the access to all these funds, you have the budgets, you have everything you want. You know, can you recreate that same? Because for me, I feel like that set was flawless. I mean, it, it did have its problems, but the way things were handled was very, the actors were comfortable, you know, the crew members were happy. And I feel like that's what makes it like a great film when everyone is at their best and, you know, doing their best, giving their best. So as much as like, you know, in Nigeria, we have our issues, we have our problems, there's ways we can make things comfortable for our crew members, for our actors, and then um, kind of see if that really plays a part in making the films actually better in a sense. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it was obviously it was, this is like a very huge comparison because Best Friends was literally like just a small thing we did. And then this Ride Along, which is like a multi-million dollar um, production. So, but um, the differences were clear, of course, but um, I'll be able to better tell once we start doing um, bigger um, productions. Okay. And yeah. Um, yeah, working with your sister, Jaya, yeah, especially like directing her, like, do you guys have a shorthand? Do you guys understand, does she understand what, she, what you want from her? Or you guys tend to like, you know, break down the scripts and, you know, go through what um, you need from her? Yeah, um, working with her actually was really great, really easy for me as well, because like I said, we grew up together, so it was kind of like, I'll say something and she just understands what I'm talking about, because some, some of the references I'll use, we already, we know, she knows exactly what I'm talking about. So like in this scene, I'll tell her the emotion I want for this scene or the, the comedy that's going on here is like, in you know example like in Hannah Montana where Miley did this or where Jackson did this I'll give her like a reference and she'll just get it exactly like what I'm talking about and that made it a lot easier because once she pictured that she was able to just interpret it and give me what I was looking for whereas like it was kind of hard sometimes to explain or um, express what I wanted at some point I would even have to act it and then say, do you get what I mean? You know, like act what they're supposed to do. And then they're like, oh, okay, yeah, it's great, yes. Yeah, so, but um, with Giles, it was a lot easier because I just say, you know, this is what I want. And then like during rehearsals, once I just correct one or two, it's fine. Like there wasn't really any um, friction or any issues communicating with her and just leaving her. And she's a very smart kid. Like she's very smart. She knows she's widely watched. She's watched a lot of films and stuff like that. So even her own, personal library of expressions, emotions and stuff like that is really wide. Yeah. So it was really easy to just tell her, okay, this is the emotion I want and this is how I want you to do this part and she'll just do it and it was perfect. Okay. So you um talking about like what what other like movies or TV shows you like watching? What are some of those? Um <laughs> I watch a lot of key dramas. I watch of American film. I don't really watch American series. I don't know why. It, not like it's like a preference thing or anything, but I, I do watch a lot of K-dramas and um, a lot of American films. Um, in regards to the K-dramas, I've seen almost everyone there is. <laughs> and then uh, American films, I love action, comedy, romance. I do not watch horror films. Do not, cannot, do not love, cannot get... I would want to be scared every time. But yeah, I'm a movie head. I don't think there's any film I haven't seen except like those ones where it's like really stylized in the sense of it's a it's a it's a 
special kind of film like you have to watch or understand like there's some backstory to it but um, I basically watch anything that's you know within those genres <laughs> okay for your future as a um as a director like are there other genres that you're you know um kind of looking forward to you know directing stuff in yeah i um as much as i said i don't watch horror films i have been planning on working on one i do want to work on one like a nigerian version um of it that's something i'm looking forward to doing just just one and then i'm also looking forward to doing action films that's like way way later in our um <laughs> way later in our career like in our journey um but basically what i want to do is do work on the dramas and the romantic films and basically just tell good stories that last for a very long time that no matter the generation that comes and watches it they'll still have a great time i just want to make feel good films that people can enjoy and always talk about you know that's that leaves an impression in your mind so that happy you know just makes you feel good and that's basically my general goal and i wish us to do that but in terms of genre, something I would like to try is an, an, like a horror or action film. That'll be later on. Okay, yeah. Can you mention three random facts about yourself that not many people know? I say I'm just very sweet. I'm a very sweet person, actually, because um, I have heard people say I look mean, <laughs> mm. but I'm actually a very I'm a really nice person. Um, that's one, and two. I love pineapples. <laughs> No, that's very random, but I love pineapples. And um, third one. Oh, I love um, booking travel vacations. I love booking like trips with people, like booking flights, hotels, planning travel packages. That's something I love doing. Yeah. Um, I'm even considering making it a, um, a career as well. <laughs> but that's something I really have a passion for as well, like um, vacations, you know stuff like that so basically like a travel agent yeah um yeah that's it and then i'm actually my family's travel agent so yeah random facts three <laughs> okay and um what location is next on your bucket list travel um yeah. i've been looking at i'm gonna go to monaco and it has always like it's somewhere I, for as long as i can remember it's somewhere i would love to go um even for my birthday at some point in my life i want to go there Okay. So with um with the stories you tell at Neptune Tree Studios, um, you know, you you primarily make it for young adults, teenagers. Yeah. Are there kind of key lessons or key things you always try to embed in your um in your stories? Yes. Um like I said, my goal is to make wholesome films where people of all ages can enjoy. Also, in the sense that um, it addresses common issues. I know, like sometimes in movies, um, they'll present an issue where the actor has to go through like something, and it comes out at the end. And sometimes the way it's handled, the way it's presented, sometimes is not very realistic. Sometimes not everyone can do that, and it comes out that way. But something we try to do is make it as realistic as possible. That okay. What are the possible outcomes or the most the most possible outcomes of this happening and you coming out on the other side unscathed or 
you know. So sometimes depending on the um, um I know like example, like in best friends, there's one about drugs I'm trying to put in. Um, just because we're not we're not really trying to focus on like um that was just an episode that talked about drugs and stuff like that. But um I know we try to put um themes into our films where in a sense that it's it's subtle but it's there. Um, even dealing with parents, like sometimes you'll have an issue with your parents or um, lies or, yeah, you know. So we try to put in vices that young people um, experience and go through, even having friendships, relationships, physically. I think like that's like, the most common. So we try to present how the possible ways this could come up and the possible options you could have. So we'll have the characters, various characters go through different type of relationship issues and how each of them solve them differently and the outcome, you know. And I have had um, st- stories where people have tried to apply some of the things we've suggested through our films in their lives and it worked out for them. Or they realized that, oh, you know, the point where you said, like sometimes talking to your mom about things, it might not really come out, um, it might come out the way you least expected in the sense that it, she actually responds positively to whatever it is, whatever it is you talked about as opposed to feeling like, ah, my Nigerian parents, if I tell them this, they'll beat me or they'll go with me or this and that. So we have had situations where people did try the approach of talking to them and just trying to like make them understand. And it did work for them where in the sense that they were like, oh, if not for you guys, my mom and I will probably will be talking by now, but now we're speaking, we speak a lot and I'm open with her. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've had situations where people have applied some of the stuff we talked about in our um, show and it had a positive impact on your life because at the end of the day that's what we want we want people to be able to take these subtle messages and apply them in your lives without it being so blaring and like obvious that okay we're talking about drugs do not do drugs no that's not what we're trying to do we're trying to just make it like very subtle in your life because in life it doesn't really rarely does it come at you like blaring and obviously it's always very little subtle you, Sometimes you don't even know it's happening. So that's something we try to do in our shows, just present it the way life, like life presents it sometimes. And obviously you can't always tell the outcome, but majority of the times it's a certain way. So that's what we try to do. Yeah. So yeah, there are messages in our... Each episode actually has a message. There, I don't think there's any Best Friends episode that does not have a story, like does not have a message at the end. I think probably like, even the last episode of the show did have a lesson where Oliver was like, you know, like this and like, so we tried to do that, you know, sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's not, and maybe you go back and watch it again, and then you're like, oh, this is great, you know. So, yeah, that's what we tried to do. Try to teach people lessons, but without making it like, you know, very obvious, do not do this, do not do that, because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned that, um, you know, even from Triple J Plus to when you started Neptune Tree Studios, your parents have been supportive. Um, there are a lot mm-hmm. of other young people trying to make a decision on what to do with their life and they have dreams, sometimes maybe in, in entertainment and all that. Um, but, as you know, it's always tricky talking to Nigerian parents about <laughs> yeah. you know, um, going after their dreams in the entertainment space. What... Yeah. advice you have for those people okay um especially um it depends on where the person is in your life so if we're talking about like a high school kid who wants to do entertainment or oh my parents 
don't think it's a career or don't want me to. To be honest, you have to listen to your parents. I mean, the ones literally taking care of you. If they don't understand at the moment that this is your dream or this is what you want to do, you're just going to have to um, do what they want for the moment because they are the ones taking care of you. Um, but if you're independent enough in the sense that you can take care of yourself, even if for some reason they cut you off, um, which I don't think um, sometimes it's not that extreme, sometimes it is that extreme, but where you can talk to them and just kind of, that's what I was also talking about, how like, you know, when you're parents, there's some things we don't want to talk to them about because we feel they'll just say, or oh, rubbish is that, or no, that's my career, or don't even talk about it, you know, that kind of thing. So in that situation, you just have to obey them and, you know, just go along with your life. Once in a while, though, do still speak about what it is you want, like your dream. Like, you know, mommy, I know you said, or daddy, I know you said a no to this before, but see, you'll come up to them with points, give them reasons, reason with them, basically. Don't whine and cry and say, oh, I told my mom I should not listen. How did you tell her? How did you present it? What did you talk about? What were your points, you know? Because I feel like with parents, they always feel like they're the adults and the kids don't know what they want. But imagine, okay, like for example, when I wanted to um, go to film school, I didn't just say, oh, I want to go to film school and stand up, I'll go, no. I have to give them my points. I have to give them my plan. I have to tell them what I have planned so far. And once they saw that, oh, this girl knows what she's doing, like she has this plan and this is what she's doing, okay. Yeah, because I mean, going to live in a totally different country by yourself at 18, not most parents will allow that and to do entertainment like yeah. <laughs> it's not every parent that will just stand up even my parents as much as they support us and everything they're not irresponsible so it's like okay you want to go to the u.s how do you how do you intend to live what what will you do like how will you you know make that a career and stuff like that and i gave them my plan i said okay well my school is in this i'm going to get an apartment here close to the school and i don't have a car so i'll take an apartment that's close to school that way i can walk you know, my classes. So basically, I gave them a breakdown of what I needed to do, told them my plan, and then they talked it over. We talked. So we kept talking back and forth. How do you do this? How do you do that? They, oh, I have this. I have that. You know? And once they saw that, okay, I knew what I was doing. I knew enough about what I wanted to do on my plan. It was kind of easy for them. So whatever um, um, concerns they had, we discussed them, and I told them, okay, well, I feel this is how I can relieve that concern, or um, what do you people think regarding this concept? What do you think I should do? You know, so basically we reasoned and I didn't stay and cry and say, I just want to go to film school. Like, it's what I want. Nah. Like, I mean, you'll be tempted to say that, but you have to, because once they just see that, you once they just see you've not still grown, <laughs> it will be so easy for them to say, my friend can't see that. Much, she doesn't want to talk about, but when you reason with them, so that's why I say, if you're not up to the age of being able to take care of yourself, um, independently, you have to find ways to reason with your parents. And if uh, upon all the reasoning they don't still agree, you just have to continue doing whatever it is they support you doing until you're able to now break free and do your own thing. That's the best, most peaceful advice I can give. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so, what's currently your favorite um, Nollywood film? I don't have any at this point. Okay, what what would you like to see more of in Nigerian films? Honestly, less comedy and more scripted films. I like I say scripted in the sense that um, where you let the scriptwriter dictate how the story goes. 
less um, changes from the directors in the sense, like, uh, story-wise. I feel like the major issue, honestly, is story. Like, the story is always, like, an issue. And I just want to see an improvement in that, in the sense that um, we're real in our storytelling. I know most times we're tempted to want to put American elements in our films because, you know, um, you want it to be widely accepted, but let's be real. Does it fit the story? Does that elements go with the story you're trying to tell? You know, it's not just about the audience at that point. It does, does it go well with the story? In the world of that story, apparently, does that thing make sense? Doesn't it feel like because I know sometimes like a film going so well and then out of nowhere, the character will do something that's so obvious, like it doesn't even, and it, it so easily throws me out of the story because I'm just like, like freeze, where did that come from? You know? yeah. So I think that's just an improvement on that, in that sense. Um, yeah. Where do you draw your inspiration from? Um, parents, things around me, my sisters, um, films I watch, um, books are read. Yeah, situations I've been in, seen, heard of. Um, basically anything audiovisual. Yeah. What next um, for Neptune Three Studios? What are you guys working on? Um, we have a few. Um, we're not really doing a lot this year in the sense of uh, trying to recover from the um, last four years of best friends in the world. But um, we're working on two big productions and one um, YouTube production the year um, so far as for this first quote um, yeah that's all I can tell at this point so how can yeah. people keep up with your work and um, where can they find you yes um, we have a website neptune3studios.com we also have our social media neptune3studios on all platforms that's Facebook Twitter Instagram um, and then our personal pages as well yeah. Uh, usernames, but they're all on Netflix Studios for anything production related. Um, our auditions are held, we post them on our pages. If it's not on our official page, it's not legit. That's something I have to stress. If yeah. we do not post about it, it is not real. And we will never, ever, ever ask for payments for an audition or payments to enter any of our films. We don't do that. So if you've ever had to or heard of a payment, anything, that's not real. Thanks, Jamima, for coming on The Niger Filmmaker. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. We have come to the end of this episode. Remember to rate and review the podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Selegal Film and the podcast at The Niger Film Pod to share your feedback. You can now support the podcast by visiting the website to donate. See you on the next episode. Have a good one. <laughs>